0: This episode of The Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show.
1: Do you think it's absolutely essential to get into like planner weddings to really maximize your income as a wedding filmmaker?
0: 100%. It is absolutely necessary. Understanding... You know how they operate what they do not being selfish and saying well that doesn't work for me you know you should be looking at uh looking at opportunities to to, to make their their life easier even if it is at a detriment to yourself or it takes you a little bit of extra time if you don't see being
1: a helpful and dependable part of these wedding planners their own work- workflow as marketing I don't think you're getting it hey guys welcome to the wedding film school show um, we got a bit of a different set today because I wanted to do something a little bit different and honestly I was a little lazy and just wanted to do what was easy for me and also I have a special co-host today Lindsay Conklin from Larev how you doing Lindsay
0: I'm good, I'm good. I, I heard this is uh, co-host auditions. You're yeah, having co-host yeah. auditions. Yeah,
1: we're gonna be changing up the show and so um, you guys it. for free will be coming, co-hosting the show. You, we can both make no money off Wedding Film School That's together. Right.
0: So make sure you text Larev to 001. No, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding, put your vote yeah. in. Just kidding. Yeah. No, thanks uh, Thanks, Jason for having me. I'm, I'm excited, this is great.
1: Yeah, so Lindsay, Lindsay and I have known each other for a couple of years. Obviously, there's like seven wedding filmmakers in the world. Um, And so it's pretty easy to get to know each other. And so we've gotten to know each other um, through Vision Quest with Alex Douglas and those folks and of course on the forums. And I've always respected what Lindsay does. Lindsay is um, obviously, and and of course your wife Cherish, are excellent filmmakers and editors and they work in the luxury space. You haven't heard of them. They're Harper's top 10 list. They're working all kinds of destination weddings around the world. And of course they're. Uh, does
0: Cherish does she do any of these speaking engagements or does she leave them all to you, Lindsay? Um, she mostly leaves them all to me. However, um, we are both going to be appearing at the uh, wedding film retreat, uh, early next year in 2023. Mm-hmm. So, um, they said it was a package deal. They said they they wouldn't let me come unless uh, she came and spoke to. You, so <laughs> that's awesome. But but yeah.
1: you might have seen Lindsay at like venture or various different other speaking engagements. But um, Lindsay, today before we kind of get into our topic, though, I'm going to be throwing at you one of the most challenging gauntlets in wedding filmmaking known to man, called three questions. Are you ready for this?
0: Uh oh. Yeah, I'm ready.
1: Pretty intense and um, might be a little outside of your area of expertise, but the first question is, what
0: is in your kit? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, so we, what is in my kit? So we like the Canon Cinema cameras. Um, We're partial to those. And so my main camera that I use is a a Canon C300 Mark III. Uh, Cherish uses a, a C70 and then our uh, our third camera, our, our C camera is a Canon C200. Uh, we're just using the EF lenses. We're not, we haven't switched over to RF lenses yet. And I, because we're traveling and I have to keep it super nimble, you know, I'm, I don't have external monitors or anything like that. I'm using the LCD screens and I get jealous every time I have a second shooter or I'm somewhere where <laughs> you know, they're shooting on these these awesome like five and seven inch LCD screens. And then I, I shoot mainly on uh, a lot of gimbal stuff. Um, so believe it or not, I put my C300 on a RS3 gimbal from DJI. Um, Cherish is doing more monopod and handheld stuff, the C70. We use Practolites. I know I know Jason you like those uh, aperture 60s. Uh, this is what I'll say about called.
1: that. I wish I didn't like how the light looked better on the aperture because the practolite I like better in every other way.
0: It just is so much easier for us to travel with. and you know what to be honest like Sometimes there are weddings where we don't even bring out the Practilites because there's a lighting technician, you know, that's like yep. spotlighting and everyone, you know, for toast and, and all that stuff. So I'm very fortunate that way. We're using for audio recording Zoom F6, Mavic 3 drone, I like that. We try and keep it light. I travel with two backpacks and a carry-on suitcase. That's, that holds 99% of the gear we bring to weddings, so.
1: So the next question is, why don't you tell everybody a wedding that you guys have shot, maybe, you can give me a couple, but a wedding that you've shot that you feel like just kind of exemplifies your signature style, something you're really proud of.
0: I would say, you know, unfortunately, there are certain weddings that we're really proud of, but we're not allowed to share with anyone. Mm. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, but some of our some of our weddings of note, you know, we've been fortunate to f- film weddings um, that are a little bit uh, higher, got a little bit more attention than others. Like we did DJ Tiesto's wedding. That was pretty cool. That was one of our first big, like um uh, you know celebrity weddings. Uh recently we just did Sean McVeigh's wedding, the head coach of the Rams, and that was pretty cool because he their wedding actually was postponed because of COVID. And they postponed it one year and uh in the between the time that they postponed it to the time they had the wedding, he ended up winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was like perfect timing. So that was kind of cool. That was a good one. Um there's a wedding we did a couple years ago during COVID, like in 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 twenty twenty. Uh, super small wedding, and they did a, an intimate wedding in, in Maine. And to this day, it's still one of our like most um, commented on weddings. Like potential couples, that, you know, reach out to us and they say we really love that wedding you did at Maine. Just the storytelling and the emotions and and the visuals and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty cool. But I like I like all of our wedding, and we try and keep them. We try and make them different. Um, we try and match our our style to the couple and. Mm-hmm their personality and uh, I think that's something you know one that we do really good with and you know, we're really strong with but yeah. These are tough questions, yeah. Jason. Man. Yeah it's
1: tough. I mean it's not like um, I didn't know
0: there was gonna be a pop quiz. Can I say
1: you know we try to <laughs> challenge um, the audience but also the filmmaker to grow and that's kind of our thing. <laughs> thank, <so>. you.
0: <laughs> thank you. I've said like I've said like and um about sixteen hundred yeah. times. So and you've just talked about yourself. So yeah. Hey it's really so hard.
1: My final question in this gauntlet that we're going through is: Why don't you tell everyone about the LUT packs that Rev is releasing um, now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're available now for a limited time. Um, yeah, we're super excited about this. We get a lot of uh, comments and from other filmmakers. You know, hey, what cameras are you using? What LUTs are you guys using? And and or when are you going to sell your LUTs? And so we've kind of toyed with the idea for off and on for a while. And uh, I was resistant to it at first, but we have finally decided to release a LUT collection. This is LUTs that we created, we developed. Um, it's what we use to color grade all of our films, and uh, we're excited to, to release those to to the general public. Um, it is a it is available now. It's only available till October seventeenth. So. You got to grab them before they when they're not available anymore. We just kind of wanted to get them out there and, and get feedback from people, see how people use them. Um, and so it's it's already we're getting great feedback. I, I had somebody just this morning send me a, a video that they created, you grading it exclusively with our LUTs, and and we were so relieved. I showed Cherish, and sh- and we were just like like had this just you know weight off of our shoulders because you just never know when you are like we know how to use it, we like it, we think it's cool, but. Just to get that feedback from other people once it's in their hands um, is really cool so uh it, you could go to larevlutz.com and uh place your order there um we're we're super excited we're, we're nervous we're feeling a little vul- vulnerable but uh excited to to kind of share those with with everybody and see what what people create with them
1: so um, Lindsay, when we are talking about what we really wanted to talk about on the show, one of the things that always comes up when we're just talking about our businesses, um, which in a lot of ways would seem very different. I'm doing 220 weddings this year. You're doing what?
0: Uh- well, this year because of COVID, we're doing about 24, but next year it'll be capped at about 12. Yeah, so, so I'm doing ten times more wedding films than you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I think a lot of people when they look at like a, my business and LaRev, they'd be like, oh, they're so different. Like they're they're doing this, th- and, and every time we talk, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like a lot of times we have the exact same strategies to do a very different thing.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's uncanny how similar, you know, our business models line up. And even though we're have completely different businesses, we're going after, we have different goals for the amounts of weddings that we're doing, the types of weddings we're doing. Um, but the philosophy behind it, the principles behind how we approach, um, you know, getting new weddings, getting re- you know referrals and, and getting new work is very, very similar. And it's always fun to, to like share notes, you know, when we're talking or whatever Yeah, (laughs) you do that. Oh, I do that too, you
1: know? Yep. Yep. And so the basic topic today is how to make wedding planners love you. And and this is something that comes up in our conversations a lot. And there are times where I'm like, well, of course, everyone's doing this. Like, duh, like, how do you even, how do you even function in a wedding business without doing this? That's kind of how like indispensable it feels to me as a wedding filmmaker, this, this kind of stuff.
0: No, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fundamental to, to our business. Um, we're pretty much a hundred percent referral based. I, I don't advertise, um, you know, occasionally we'll get, we'll get a client that that finds us through Instagram and hires us, but primarily it's referral based. And so if, if you don't have relationships with wedding planners, um, at least for me anyway, I, I wouldn't have a business. <laughs> so it's, it's, extremely important to our business that we, we have these relationships. We, f- we foster those relationships and, and make sure, you know, we're, we're serving these wedding planners so that we can, uh, make them happy and, and they'll keep asking us back.
1: Yeah. So let me set the topic up for the listeners. So basically what we decided we want to talk about was, like I said, how to make wedding planners love you. And, and by that we mean to be, you know, referred by them to be on, some, in some cases, indispensable to them, um, as a preferred partner. Um, and, and really like it's, it's, it's of course relationship and networking. There's a component, um, that's something I believe you've covered a lot, right. Throughout many different, um, of your speaking and, and podcast interviews, networking and things like that, right?
0: Yeah, it comes up a lot. We're kind of known for that, um, you know, because we've built a business on it and, and people always want to know, like, how did you get to, you know, where you're at, how are you doing these types of weddings? How are you working with these people? The simple answer is is networking and relationships. So we talk about it a lot, um, but I, I like the take that we're going to have on it, you know, yeah. discuss today, um, because I don't I don't usually get to cover these topics or get this far. So this is going to be fun for me for sure.
1: Yeah. So we want to talk about a some stuff you can do that, when you're working with this person, and it can, of course there's going to be elements of like before the wedding, during the wedding, after the wedding. But like you're working with this person, you. And, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because a lot of, A, I mean, I talk to a lot of people in consults and and there are people who maybe don't, they don't work with planners that often. I would, I don't want to exclude you. So I think some of this kind of stuff could definitely work with day of coordinators that are at venues and all that. I think maybe not as well because they're not as involved as long, but definitely wherever you're at, I think you can take these tips and apply them. And and the real thing I wanted to say was, don't just think about celebrity wedding planners like whatever planner you're working with it's that's the planner you have that's the bird in hand and they could be like then they're gonna be the the entire key to getting you up in wherever you want to be right it doesn't matter if they're celebrity wedding planner
0: absolutely yeah i mean Every, everyone, you know, there are a lot of people in this industry that are aspirational. They want to grow their business. They want to make something of themselves and their business, and they want to do better weddings. And so sometimes just attaching yourself to somebody else that, you know, is growing their business, they'll bring you up with them. Yeah, um, you never know. And that's, you never, ever know. And, uh, and yeah, same thing with venues. Like you mentioned, you know, venues. Um, there are certain venues that it's, it is you know, luxury hotels and things like that, that it, it is good to get to know those people, different opportunities that arise from that. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of venues that they require a wedding planner to be hired to have the wedding there, you know, so those are really good venues to get in with because not, not only are you gonna, if you're in with them, but then you're, you know, you're going to be working with a wedding planner too. So that's another uh, awesome opportunity, but yep. yeah, it's, it's uh, crucial. So
1: Lindsay, before we get into like kind of some of the tips and things that we are going to be th- talking through how like you said a hundred percent of your weddings have wedding planners. Do you think it's absolutely essential to get into like planner weddings to really maximize your income as a wedding filmmaker?
0: hundred percent. It is absolutely necessary. Um, You know, the the way it goes is is the people that have the money to spend the money that they, they want to invest, they want to have a nice event. They're busy making that money, right? So they hire a wedding planner to take care of everything for them. Um, And, and so, you know, they're they're letting them, you know, here's our vision, here's what we want, make it happen for us. Because they're busy, they're busy people. And so, um, you know, so usually a, a couple that can afford a wedding planner is naturally going to be able to afford a videographer that's charging um, a little bit more, even above average, you know, above the industry average. And just, you know, really, it's just going to elevate your work. Yeah. Uh, somebody that's planning their own wedding. You know, it's a lot of DIY, it's a lot of Pinterest, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when there's a wedding planner involved, there might even be a designer to that wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the planner is doing both the planning and the design. So, By the, the way, they're the different if you're be, listening to this.
1: Yes. Designers are not wedding planners necessarily. Like yes. many of the, Most of the planners we work with have a separate designer.
0: That's correct. Yeah, same same here. And by the way, planners are not coordinators. Just as a side note, they do not like to be called coordinators. No. either. So if we're, if we're talking about making them happy and being indispensable, don't call them a, a coordinator. No. Um, but yeah, so th- so, a, you know, a wedding with a planner um, and especially a wedding with a planner and a designer, it's just going to look nicer. It's going to make naturally your work look better. It's going to make it look more expensive because the content, you know, the, the subject matter um, is more expensive. And uh, and really like for us, we always you know we look at the planner as being our client, but also we look at them as being like a remote salesperson mm, for us. Yes. Um, when they're you know when we're on their their radar and, and they're you know we're somebody that they want to work with, they're selling us to to the couple. So a lot of times we don't even have to like sell ourselves. The the couple trust the planner, and the planner says. Yeah, this is who you need to hire. This is the I, I've thought about it, I just knowing you and knowing what you want. This is the videographer that you need to hire. This is the photographer that you need to hire. And the couple trusts the planner and says, okay, sounds good, how much? Great, perfect. Send over the contract. <laughs> I always know? tell people, and, it,
1: it, it seems crazy, but I will have some planners send me four to five invoices in a day. Um, I've never spoken to the couple. Um, some of them actually don't want me speaking to the couple until I book, until they book me. And then they will be like, now we'll put you in contact with the couple and you can talk about like they're like, that is how much they're part of our sales. We have to send them we have to send them videos in the off season. Lindsay explaining our packages.
0: Yeah. You have to train them because
1: they need to be able <laughs> Keep to them in s- the loop. sell the packages for us because a lot of them, that's their preferred style. Um, they mm-hmm. don't want p- me getting in front of a client and screwing it up, or they just want it to feel more low touch by the client. I
0: don't know all the reasons, to be honest. let <laughs> but but it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, you it know? doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. We have to do what makes their life easier, what makes them happy, even if even if it's more difficult for us. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, when we, even something as simple as sending over a proposal, oh, yeah, we uh. We've always sent PDFs. We send PDF proposals, you know, contracts, all that stuff. Um, ever since we started working with planners, HoneyBook kind of went out the window because the planner wanted more control, especially hiring clients. The planner doesn't want to give out phone numbers or email addresses or information for their, their clients. Um, and so HoneyBook and, and CRMs like that kind of s- stopped working for us. But So we, we started just sending PDFs, proposals, PDF contracts. And then, you know, there's... You know, popular um, opinions out there. You know, floating around about oh, you should have a a web. You know, a, a, a web proposal like a URL. Yeah, like a, a website. You know, pricing page or proposal page. It's more user friendly. It's mobile friendly. All that stuff. Um, and so that kind of got into my head. And I knew, I knew better. I just I felt it. I was like, no, we should just keep sending these PDFs. But I was like, it kind of got into my head. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. You know, creating like a nice web page and i spent all this time hours it took me to like you know develop this page and i sent it to this planner mind you one of the biggest planners in the world um and her uh assist assistant I, I said hey how, how did you like that proposal i'm like you know looking oh, for a yeah. pat on the back and so much and easier like, so
1: much more user-friendly lancy thank you But she didn't say
0: that no that's that's not what happened actually <laughs> she's like yeah i mean it's it's nice but like it totally kind of messes up our workflow if you could just send us pdfs next time like that's what we need because we have to file them and print them and it's just easier and yeah and that was like okay that's it I'm we not did the same thing Lindsay. You
1: know? we've had to create we still use honeybook um but honestly i'm looking at maybe switching off to a more customizable crm because planners don't like it and yeah. many of them hate hate it, actually. <laughs> and yeah. they will pick their vendors based on what is good for them. And so I think that's the core thing I want to get at. So this yeah. will help your business. If you're not working with planners, you want to. Um, and so my little tip, aside from all this, is if you don't know who the biggest planners are in your market, invest some time and figure it out. And the biggest way to know is who's the biggest photographer in your market. Go look at who's tagging them. Uh, Go look at the best venues in your market. Go look at who's working those weddings. Find the designers and the planners who are working all the best weddings in your market. Those are the top of the top. Now, of course, there's a range of different people um, working wherever you wanna be. That's who you need to work with. That's my whole point. So if you wanna work at, you know, five star hotels and 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 luxury venues you got to work with those planners if you don't want to work in those locations whatever but that's really what we're trying to say is they are the gatekeepers of most of these places destination weddings high end venues um like i do a massive amount of private club weddings uh which are super rich people's vacation homes basically and they're the gatekeepers. You don't get into the Wiano Club without a wedding planner. You're not even getting really into Witchmere Beach Club without knowing their day of person. Like, you're not getting into, and these are not like super inaccessible places, guys, that no one could work. It's not like a Lindsey Conklin wedding. And I'm trying, so I'm trying to make it relatable to you. You got to make this part of your plan to work with these people. But when you do this, you have to, without resentment at all, you have to learn and understand that this is something you will benefit from, you have to understand that your first job, and this is the first thing we're gonna talk about, Lindsay, is making their lives easier. What have you found that has helped you? So we're talking about making people love you. What are some of the things that you do that make a planner's job easier, that make them love you?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we kinda just talked a little bit about it, you know, one of the first things is, is understanding their process, understanding you know, how they operate, what they do, and, and not being selfish and saying, well, that doesn't work for me. That's gonna take me more time. Already, you've, you, that's one strike against you because not, your mindset isn't even correct. You, know, you should be looking at uh, looking at opportunities to, to, to make their, their life easier, even if it is at a detriment to yourself or it takes you a little bit of extra time um and going back to our honeybook illustration maybe the planner loves honeybook maybe you live in a market where all the planners are using honeybook well then get honeybook and don't squawk about the the payment or you know the monthly payment or the yearly payment or whatever it is you know so what whatever you can do to make their life easier is going to be uh so much better you don't want to be um like going against the grain. You 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 want to be the the one that's just on top of it. So answering emails right away if they ask a question or if they send you an inquiry or or anything like that is huge. Um I know so many planners that that tell me they'll email vendors and they don't get a response back. Um you know, and and saying that you're busy um for some people doesn't cut it, you know. Oh, because you, we're all busy. You, Everyone's you, busy. you
1: can't Yeah, you're not I'm never too busy for my planners.
0: No. No, you can't. And if you think you're busy, they're way busier. Because not only are they dealing with the couple that's getting married and the couple's family, you know, the mom and dad and and everybody else that has opinions, but they're also coordinating all the different vendors. You know, they have to think of everything when it comes to production and and design and flowers and photography and, and catering and all these things. Like, you are just one spoke in this massive wheel and you're not the most important spoke. And so, um, that's something you have to keep in mind. So, so not having an ego, um, not being humble, you know, being willing to serve, um, just having that attitude. So I think it starts first with the mindset, how you can make, make, looking for ways to serve them, to make their life, their life easier, is going to go such a long way when it comes to, um, getting on that list. You, you want to be, you know, It's a very short list, a very short list most of the planners. I know
1: have a list of five people that they work with.
0: Yeah. On on each vendor. That's right. And you want to be hopefully close to the top of that list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's, uh, weddings are stressful, you know, especially higher end weddings. There's a lot of moving parts. And so, you know, the uh, planners—they want to work with people that are going to make their life easy. They want to work with people, that are not going to question everything. Um, they want to work with people that are going to actually read the timeline. Yeah, I was going to say that—that's one <laughs> of the things.
1: That I always tell—I was telling Lindsay on the phone the other day. We we're talking about timelines, and I have this planner I work with a lot, um, like a lot, lot, like probably eight times a year. And um, she's like, I asked her a question by the way i was going to tell you something too i didn't tell you the full the real story i asked her hey um is this still happening at 6 what i was really saying to her is this doesn't seem like it's going to happen i did look at right. the schedule and i think but i just was trying to defer to her <laughs> and the way i spoke to her but she was like jay i sent you a timeline and i was like yeah but it's like 16 pages long and <laughs> right has a lot of details i just Sorry, I didn't internalize it all. But they notice. And she says, you're the only planner. You're the only wedding filmmaker that can say that to me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it's, they notice. It's, they notice. I, I did the same thing. And that's a, that's a great way to approach it, too. Um, never ask a planner, um, what's happening next? Especially if they send a timeline. And they did. There's no way you're going into a wedding with a planner without a timeline. Um, so you, you never go up to them and say, what's happening next? When do we eat? That that type of stuff. Oh, I, I never ask a planner ask when do question, I eat. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> Don't uh, ask that. that. You yeah, you you will very likely not work with with uh, that planner again if you ask when you eat. Um, but but there are creative ways that you can, like you said, make sure you know you're still on track. And just like what you said, like hey, I noticed the timeline says this. Are we still on track for that? You know, happening at 6.15 or 6.30, whatever it is. I actually did that same thing to a planner. And uh, she stopped me. She didn't answer my question because first she stopped. She paused and she's like, oh, my gosh, Lindsay, you read the timeline. <laughs> she was like, thank you so much for reading the timeline. She's like, nobody reads the timeline. She's like, "She's like the, the photographer at this wedding hasn't even read the timeline. It's driving me crazy, you know, so. They notice like you like you said. They, I have it on a PDF on my phone open that, so. all day. Oh yeah. And we actually so sometimes you get timelines that are like massive, right? And there's a lot of details that don't pertain to you and that is it can be cumbersome, yeah. you know. So we actually make our own timeline. So we take the planner's timeline and we before going into the wedding day or whatever it is, we make our own timeline that has all of the main events. Uh, and all the other things that that concern us and that we need to know about, as well as like our own exclusive details, like when we need to go set up for ceremony or, you know, set up for toast or audio and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and that's just another thing that we do that makes their life easier because we're on schedule, we're on task, we know what's happening, you know, we're not going to derail their day, you know, if we're taking the couple to go do this or that or, you know, whatever it is, so... Um, yeah, just being being easy to work with, yep. understanding, you know that it's not all about you. It's huge, huge.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a. It it changes the more you work with people. By the way, I feel like the more you build trust with with a uh, partner, the more making their lives easier. It kind of changes a little bit. Like like mm-hmm. I'm at the point with some planners where I'll be like, "Don't hire that lighting guy. Like that guy's not good. He just screwed your wedding. Yeah. Like yeah and And, like, they were like, oh, like, they hire who I say they should hire based on my feedback. But I have Mm -hmm. built massive trust. I am pouring into their business. I'm giving them every free thing I can give them. I'm killing it for their clients. And we'll get into some of this other stuff because I'm jumping ahead of myself. But, like, making it easier for them is definitely going to change as your relationship grows. Because, you know, you're going to – you might – someday be in a position where making it easier for them is letting them know like, Hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Like that photographer was super rude to every other vendor. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, by the way, I'm not recommending everyone do that stuff, but I'm just saying you might really have some of those like tools at your disposal in terms of what your insight is to help this person. Um, definitely a, you got to wait till that person gives you permission to enter into that kind of relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but B, like, at the end of the day, the longer you work with someone, the more opportunities you're going to have to be at their service. Yep. And I, I really have found that over the years to be like, I'm in relationships now with planners where they're like, hey, can, can I give you a call? I have some business questions. about awesome. About their business, um, about marketing, mm-hmm. because every time they have a need, I'm availing myself up to them. Oh, I noticed yeah. this. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. I'm showing them every time that there's an opportunity that I am going to make things as easy as possible for them. And I'm a good go-to person. And so that leads me to something that I was going to ask you about. I think the Mm -hmm. next thing that we need to think through when it comes to working with planners, yeah, you need to be the one who's easy to work with. You're not causing issues with other vendors. Um, you just know what's going on. You just don't have hassles. That's probably the number one thing. If you're a hassle, it's over. But I think the next one that's related to that is, being dependable you know what if what does that mean to you when it comes to like working with a planner like being dependable and trustworthy
0: oh that's everything um yeah being dependable is huge doing what doing what you say you're going to do i think just in general is is some really good life advice but especially when it comes to to business and relationships um you know a lot of times, if you say you're going to do something or be somewhere, that planner is going to let the client know. Mm-hmm. Let, they're going to make decisions based on what you tell them. And if you don't come through, that's a reflection on them. That Now you've just embarrassed them. You've put them in a, in a hard spot. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to, like, you know, if you say something, if you say you're going to do something, you do it do it on time. Hopefully you've done it earlier. (laughs) So if you say you're going to deliver a film to a client, if you say, you know, um, you're, you're going to be there at a certain time, um, you're going to provide a certain deliverable to the client. You need to do that because that is a reflection on them, especially if they're the one that referred you the job. Um, if you don't come through, now, now they look bad. This is, I think the last thing you want to do
1: an understanding people don't really have with wedding planners is like wedding planners are technically off the clock the day after the wedding truly. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, when they have to hear about their vendors after the wedding, they are mad. Mm -hmm. They don't like it because they're like, I'm not getting paid to talk to this person anymore. Why am I hearing about this? But they're not going to like, typically they're still going to try to like be classy and help the person Mm -hmm. and so like if you are the one who's getting brides to make phone calls to like now we're in a good place with our planners like every time we have an issue with a client afterwards like most occasions the planner calls us first and says i'm really sorry about this person they seem nuts and (laughs) and like i watched the video or i did this i know you guys aren't in the wrong like that's what you want to be happening but what mm-hmm. you don't want to be happening is like, why is my plant client calling and saying that this is two months late? Yeah, that you're
0: over. That's oh yeah, you're done. Yeah, and and uh, I, I see that so many times, like in the Facebook groups and stuff like that. People will be um, commenting. You know, I have a client that's not happy with uh, you know the video, or they want me to do this, or they want me to change that, and and I realize that this is a very you know, there's a lot of different circumstances. There's a lot of different things that, uh, you know, could be playing into that or a lot of different factors. Um, but something to consider anytime you make any decision with your wedding video business is if if there's a planner involved in this wedding that you potentially you know want to continue working with, how you treat these situations when a client make makes requests um, is a is a has a direct correlation on whether or not you're going to get future business with mm-hmm. that planner. You know, how you work with them. Um, you know, if, if how you make edits, they you know, will put you times, on
1: every email that oh, yeah. that you make, like literally like being rude to someone that has nothing to do with the planner. Even if you're a hundred percent in the right, like you're moving off the dependable scale, you're moving into like this person's a hothead. This person's undependable. They, you mm-hmm. know, um, the people who just, literally just something as simple as like they look at your contract they know how long you're supposed to be there Mm -hmm. if you leave early they know
0: yeah like you need to
1: communicate i am showing up at this time i had a planner say this to me the other day Lindsay. they said oh well i know you guys are always early so because we have a velocity in our business we show up an hour Mm -hmm. before the photographer that is yeah whatever their photographer schedule is we're an hour early
0: Um, there's a lot. And you were there. You were there.
1: We're always there.
0: She knew knew you were going to be there and you were there.
1: We're a fixed position in their day. Yeah. To the point where they don't ask us when we're going to come. They just look at the photographer's schedule and schedule us an hour early on the timeline. (laughs) I love that. Like that's awesome. That's what you're looking for is like, I'm a part of their workflow because I'm so dependable. I'm a fixed position. And I always tell people like, I use that term a lot and people like, what are you talking about? Fixed position. It's like, if something's stable, you can build mm-hmm. around it. We're not moving. Everything we do, mm-hmm. we're dependable. Um, and so when people hire us, they know they're gonna get the films on time. They know the plant the couples are gonna have a certain experience. We're not gonna they know that the photographer is not gonna come and complain about us. They know that, um, we're not gonna say, When is my meal? <laughs> yep. And they also know that we are gonna be set up and this is a weird thing, but like I've noticed a lot of people, they're just not ahead on the time. We're going to be set up before every event starts. Mm -hmm. So we're not like,
0: like scrambling.
1: Yeah. It's like every part about how the day works when you hire us is going to be clockwork and dependable.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's the same in your own business. Oh yeah. No. And it doesn't matter what your contract says. It does Mm -hmm. not matter. Um, Obviously we have contracts are to protect us when things go wrong. Um, you know and your contract might say, oh I'm, I'm only here until 10 pm um, or 9 p.m. or whatever it is you know we actually had a, a, something a situation happen recently. We filmed a uh, like a welcome party the day before the wedding and we were only contracted till 9 p.m. Well the planner comes up to me she's like, hey look, I know you're off at nine um, And that's fine if, if you need to take off at nine. However, She's However. Like, I know this group. I've done, I've done weddings for this, this family before they're a legacy client to me. This is like her you know, third wedding or fourth wedding with, with the family. She's like, I just know this group. And like right at nine is when they're going to start dancing and partying. And I would really love for me to have footage of that. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, not a problem. Yeah. didn't Didn't even give it a second thought. Uh, didn't worry about whether or not I was going to get paid you didn't, for that extra time. You didn't time. tell
1: them the rate right there.
0: No, nope. <laughs> didn't yeah. care. Didn't, didn't even cross my mind. Because, well, it's
1: it's funny as like people are who are counting pennies oftentimes aren't counting big dollars. It's yeah, like, people
0: are they step over dollars to pick up pennies sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if I had said, "Well, okay, we can add an extra hour, but it's going to be this much money," that again, that's strike one against me, and well, that may you know. Think about the other thing we talked of about, Lindsay, of when
1: it comes to making it easy for them. That person, yeah. the first thing they're going to do is probably go, okay, I'll go ask. Yeah. Do you think they want to go ask a couple about money in the middle of their wedding? Do you think no. anyone wants to do that? No planner wants to do that. If you are making a planner ask the couple about paying you more during the wedding, you have the wrong focus. Now, I'm not saying that there's never a wedding that you might be like nope I'm out
0: yeah like for sure we've all had those
1: like I'm not saying it I'm saying like you got to know the difference
0: (laughs) you have to know you have to recognize you know when you know when to to choose your battles Um, and for me this was a no brainer this is somebody that is a planner that we get lots of business that we work several times a year with and she lo- loves working with us. And I want to maintain that. And guess what happened right at nine, nine PM, like nine Oh one PM is when people started having a good time. They started dancing and she looks over at me. I'm still there, you know, filming and she like winks, you know, she winks at me, gives me the head nod. She's like, thank you for staying. Like she was so happy. So she knew, you know, that I was making a sacrifice too. You know, I even like helped you know, they weren't really planning on having dancing um so I actually helped move like a like a coffee, like a, a coffee table or whatever so to like make a like a makeshift dance floor and like planner saw me do that you know that's not my job, but I did it because it's a collaboration you know we work together on events like that and and the planner was standing right there, saw me do it, she saw me you know staying um, and look, I was there for an extra you know thirty 45 minutes um, it it didn't it was no sweat off my back and that was just more more uh you know points uh for for us towards us and and just solidifying that that pl- with that planner that i'm dependable that you know I'm, i can be a team player so it's huge and you know she's already sending us referrals you know for next year so did did i get what i was hoping for absolutely you yeah know, out, of, out of that
1: yeah i think here, I think there's a common misconception in um, – especially amongst wedding creatives, right? Because everybody likes to crap on the knot and, you know, don't go to wedding shows and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, all these things that I actually think are usually just elitist garbage. But um, – because it's like different places in your career, different locations. You just got to make money. So um, – Yep. And that never changes. And And I think this concept of like, oh – I'm not doing anything. I haven't paid a dollar for my marketing. It's like, I don't know, man. I give up tons of money to make free stuff and to do things for planners. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of my marketing. Like, I, yeah. I feel like in, into the tens of thousands of dollars of investment in these people. And And I think at the end of the day, like, if you don't see being a helpful, you know, and dependable part of these wedding planners, their own wor- workflow as marketing. I don't think you're getting it. Like, do you know what I'm saying?
0: No, a hundred percent. Like that to me is th- just as much a part of the job as like filming the actual wedding. You know, that should be a, like a part of your job description in your, in your own mind, you know, um, you should be will, you should be ready and willing to you know stop filming and help move something or help do something or go run an errand or whatever it is or provide free content to a wedding planner um whatever it is like that is part of the job and yeah it takes time you know but what would you rather do you know spend thousands of dollars a month on you know Google ads or or just you know Invest sweat that equity. same energy, yeah, sweat equity, in in developing and, and solidifying relationships with people that are going to continue to to sell you. You know that are continue to put you in front of your ideal client. So, so I think I think
1: we're uh, gonna do this as a two parter Lindsay. But I was gonna mention one thing is like with photographers, like why do you mm-hmm. think photographers get so much more out of planners? I'll tell you. First of all, they have one advantage over us, which is their deliverable is far faster to create. Um, mm-hmm. Their de- their deliverable is also much. I think more readily consumed, at least up to this point on social media. So they have an advantage in the algorithm, just deliver a photo really quick. They can beat you to the punch. I'm telling you, sometimes I beat the photographer now and it helps me so much with that wedding plan. And it's not that I want to beat the photographers cause they're our friends, right. but, but I'm looking at it and like, I don't want to be giving them up oh, like, Oh, the teaser's done. I tagged you four months later. And and this Mm -hmm. is we're gonna get into this next, which is helping them with their marketing and helping them with their own businesses. But like, the iron is very cold on that wedding four months later.
0: Hundred percent. They might have already submitted it to
1: brides. Yeah,
0: it's cold four weeks later. It might even be cold four days later. (laughs) Yep. Maybe that's a little extreme, but but seriously, you know, the uh, we do the same thing. You know, we get teasers to um, our clients pretty quickly. Sometimes the next day. Sometimes it does take us a couple of days, but the quicker you get content, even if it's just sending clips, like it doesn't necessarily. Sometimes we don't even edit a a, a, a teaser. You just make like sometimes a vertical them, shot of a detail. Yeah, vertical. Yeah, vertical. You know, clip individual files, video files that they can choose what they want to do with. Photographers do that. They'll send them individual files, and then. The planner picks what they want to show, so we they the can pick thing. songs we'll send, now
1: they can make a reel.
0: yeah, yeah, everybody knows how to make a reel now you know and, and if uh, and some of the planners that we work with they are they have people in charge of that <laughs> they have social media managers, right so so and, and, and who love us because you would let, let the them edit your work manager. Lindsay how dare I let them I <gasps> do hundred percent hundred percent my pearl, I'm just clutching my pearls over here My, art, my right. artists pearls <laughs> and. And guess what? Like We have, we have great relationships with you know, not only the planners, but the people they surround themselves with. We have, you know, there's a, one of our, our really good friends. She works for a couple wedding planners that, that um, we work with. And by the way, she was instrumental. Her name's Sam. And getting us you know, so our foot in the door with some of these planners. And she just loves us. She's like, oh, man, I wish you were doing this wedding because we make it easier for her even you know, to post on social media. Um, we don't care if she edits our videos, we don't care. you know, she, she knows what's going to work. She's the expert in social media. Uh, you know, I'm not right. Um, and so just even stuff like that. And it's, it's easier for us. Like uh, who, you know, if, if they are happy, if the planner is happy with just receiving like, you know, five to 10 different clips of details and, and moments from the wedding and let them choose. Great then I, we can move on, you know? (laughs) So So why don't we camp on this for one
1: second? Because I think we can give some real practical tips for people about creating content for wedding planners quickly. So for me, Lindsay, I always just think, what does the person care about? I I sometimes, first of all, ask ahead of time. I'll say, hey, Mm -hmm. what is, what's special about this design to you, you know? And they might be like, oh, there's these massive towers or the hopa, or I want an aerial shot of this tent. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is for them. And then second of all, just use your brain. Look at what they put a lot of time into. Look at where it is. Um, shoot it. And then I will always say to the planner, like, hey, do you want some footage of me, like, futzing with this table? Or a footy of, okay, let's come over here. I want to get you in it. Yeah. Because they yeah. want shots of them, you know. Yep. So I will always shoot the planner doing something with the table, helping mm-hmm. with the dress Show, doing something that I can put them in their own marketing because they are the product of their company. Mm-hmm. And so yep. basically, like, I have a pre planned list. I'm gonna do like four or five close ups of a table with a gimbal, one or two giant pushes into the room, a shot of the ceremony, a shot of the lay flat. Cause with, and then I'm pretty much done. It, it's not right. I'm not like necessarily putting a lot of the couple in the film. If right. I ever put the couple in the film, it's contextually. It's going to be in a design, mm-hmm. first dances, 100%. ceremonies. Yep. Th- y- you don't need to go th- culling on these really complicated lists, y- like where you're like, "What's the good footage?" It's like if you sh- if you are shooting it correctly with the planner in mind, you already know, mm-hmm. and you just go this, 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 bam.
0: Yep, forty five yeah, minutes. And you make a good point about asking them what's important to them, because there are certain elements that you may not even realize had a lot of time and energy and care put into them we did a wedding um, at the Beverly Hills hotel and we asked the planner hey what are some of the elements that you you want you really want the details that you really want to make sure we get we capture and the planner points out this bar that was custom built however it looked like it belonged in the hotel it looked like it had been there for you know 50 years wow um, because that's just the care the detail that they they went into so I would have never known had I not asked, um, you know, we, a lot of times we do, you know, film the bars, but sometimes they're not that exciting, but this was a really nice, like curved, like custom bar that they had built. And so again, had we not asked, we would have never, ever known, um, that that was an important element. Yeah. That's you always know, a bummer we, when
1: you like give the planner something and they go like, but did you get this?
0: Right. And uh, you're like,
1: uh, that's like daggers. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. Da- yeah. And like, I should have noticed that. I should have caught that. I should have, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the next thing I would just say is ask them what time the photographer is doing the details.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- some like th- for them having the, the same portfolio sometimes it's really beneficial to like, th- they might have hired that photographer specifically cause they like their lay flats. Yeah. They don't want your 100%. lay flat. They want their lay flat on video.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct.
1: And so, yeah, And it saves you time. So like kind of collaborating with that photographer, viewing it as one media delivery where there's, Mm because this is what it is. These people are submitting to magazines, many of them, especially even the ones that you might not think because they're trying to break into the top of the top. So they're submitting to Brides, Martha Stewart, I don't know, Vogue, maybe not Vogue, but um, all those magazines, Carrots and Cake, whatever it is. Over the Moon. Uh, Yep. And so they're submitting portfolios. And they will have photos, videos, write ups, everything. They want a cohesive portfolio delivery. So the more you can be part of that process, I just called a planner I said, hey, I just made an edit of your film, but I need you to talk to your PR person and let them, I wanna front load it with the stuff that they say is gonna get you the most clicks when we submit to brides together. And I always use we language. When we do mm-hmm. this, when we do that, I ask them ahead of time, are you submitting this one? Make sure you let me know before you submit. I want to make sure to get you this content, show it to your PR person. Like I am part of the strategy.
0: Yep. I'm sure you're doing the exact same thing. We no, we do. And you know, what's funny is, uh, not to, you know, shamelessly plug our LUTs again, (laughs) plug it, but one of the, one of the, uh, like our philosophies behind, you know, why we color grade the way we do is because we feel like our colors and we're always constantly trying to develop them and make them better but we feel like our colors go well with um a lot of the photographers that we work with and that are doing the types of weddings that we want to do you know and so that's part of it too you know making sure that that your work your lighting your exposure your color the colors that you choose are going to fit in with the planner's brand even if maybe your own personal brand is a little bit different you know, maybe even switching it up a little bit for clips that you send to the planner so that they can use it on their website so it's going to look like, you know, their brand and fit in with their brand is something that you should consider. We don't even um, put,
1: if I send a planner reel, I put their logo on the end.
0: Yeah. I don't put I our don't logo put, uh, yeah, for,
1: for for the reason of what if I want to do something different,
0: you know? Yeah, like- I, yeah, I don't, I don't put our logo. I don't put our logo on our in, in any of our stuff either, you know? Yeah. Um, I've had planners, I've said this before on, on, you know, different workshops and other podcasts, but it's important to repeat. I've had planners tell me before they've gotten pictures back or videos back and cried because either A, there wasn't enough, you know, of the details that they were hoping to get or B, like the color grading was just like not at all a representation of their vision or their interpretation of the bride's vision And so, um, and so that, and that's why sometimes you'll even see like some of the weddings, uh, planners that we work with, sometimes they bring in their own photo and video teams just to capture details. And so if that's happening, that's not good. Maybe missed opportunity for you. (laughs) (laughs) Huge missed opportunity. This is what
1: I'll say too about the artistic side of that. And, And I think this is an interesting kind of little diversion is, you know, A lot of what we're talking about today is like all about putting someone else ahead of you, which, you know, I think is in general a good life strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, But as an artist, I think a lot of – I see it all the time, even educated, about like basically you're a magic special person and you have a magic special vision. And the best people to work with are the people that let you do whatever you want. And that's, I think – Childish. <laughs> and <laughs> and But that being said, I think there are limitations to what you are able to do as an artist. And, and there are things that you're going to do better. And there are times where you're like, this person's not a good partner. I just can't do it. And I think it's okay yeah. if you look and go like, if I do that, my work will suck though. Like I can't right. necessarily do it. You just got to know that you're making that kind of compromise.
0: Yeah. And that's your choice to make. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we all have free will. We can all make those choices. So it's not necessarily the only business
1: plan. I was telling you before too, Lindsay, like there's a guy I work with who doesn't, he could probably charge like 15 K. He's a photographer. Doesn't care. Does whatever he wants. Doesn't care what planners think. He's so good. He can charge like seven, eight grand, but he should be charging more, but he's just like, eh, I don't want to do it. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's his choice that's, that's i love working with the guy by the way he's a blast but but at the end of the day like i know planners are probably like Ugh, that guy right the point of the podcast is how to make planners love you and Lindsay and i we shamelessly will try to make planners love us if you want to be on that side of the argument then you can do what we're saying if you don't care right. and you're making plenty of money then just ignore the whole thing <laughs>
0: yeah and that photographer's super happy <laughs> yeah. he's working the way he wants to work and and that's all right with him i'm sure he's has no problem feeding his family and paying the bills you know and that's but, fine but
1: there's nobody so, and this is why i wanted you to talk about this Lindsay. there's nobody at the top of the game who's treating planners
0: that way no and it's a small world um you know the higher and higher you get in the in the industry uh very small world i think and there's maybe 20 filmmakers 25. Yeah. And, and everybody knows, you know, everybody. And so, um, and you know, a lot of these top planners, these wedding planners, um, they talk, that's how we've gotten a lot of the opportunities that we've gotten, you know, is because other planners have vouched for us and said, Oh man, you got to work with Larev. Um, but guess what? The opposite can also happen, you know, if you're not easy to work with, or if you have an ego or whatever, like it gets around and I've, I've heard those stories. I've had, you know planners tell me about difficulties they've had with uh with other other vendors and oh man that's like i do not that's the last thing i want to to me, me have too. happen to me that's the, so <laughs> like know? if you if that's how you feel if you're hearing us
1: say these things and you're like that's me too this might be a good way for you to go and and i will say this like certain personalities are going to more naturally work in the planner game Certain personalities, yeah. maybe not. And like, I can't necessarily speak towards that. I have the personality that I have. Jared has the personality he has. Lindsay and Cherish have the personalities that they have. But I would say like, if you feel like you're the type of person that is able to assess the needs of another partner, um, that you are dependable, and that you're okay being a person who's willing to compromise to work with the
0: team, this might be a really good way for you to go. Absolutely. Um. We've like, this is important to me. You know, m- our business is important to me. It's not the most important thing in my life, but it's how I provide for my, my kids. It's how I, you know, provide for my family. It's, um, and so this is what I've found. These are the, the, you know, the philosophies and the tactics that I've used to maintain, you know, a, a measure of success in, in our business. It's not the only way. Um, but it's the way I've chosen to go. I, I'm happy. I'm super satisfied with what we do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, our our clients, you know, the couples that we have the privilege of of working for, they love what the product they're getting. They love what they're getting. And that makes us feel really good. The, the planners are happy. Uh, photographers li- like working with us. And so I I, I have no problem, you know, vouching for this kind of, this kind of lifestyle and business model. It's, it's served us well and I've seen it work uh, for so many other people. You mm-hmm. know, so, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the videographers that, that are working with the same planners that we're working with have a similar philosophy. Um, and so there, there has to be something to be said about that. I'm you just know, telling
1: like, you like, like Lindsay, I I have an opportunity to edit for some of the top wedding filmmakers in the world and it doesn't end. Like what I'm doing is the same thing they're doing. Oh, this person needs mm-hmm. this by one week. They need it. Like this planner needs this. Oh, this planner needs this BTS made all oh, this planner Like everybody at the top is because it's a, if you're doing a $2 million wedding, it's not like a one day thing. It's like right. months and months of planning. I know planners that literally pick the outfits for the entire wedding party because to coordinate yep. with all the design. Yes. Like, it is that detailed for some of these folks and you're and then these people are wealthy and powerful and if you if the planner fails them they will end them <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of pressure and, and so the last thing mm-hmm. you want to be is like that squeaky wheel um yeah like it, ideally all you're doing is b- blessings and givings and
0: loving and you know all that yeah. stuff you want to you want to enhance the day Mm-hmm. You know, you want to enhance the day um, and, and after the 100%, day, 100%. And after the day, mm-hmm. and you know, speaking about dress, like even how you dress, you yeah. know, is, is important. It's a reflection on, on the planner, too. You know, so that stuff, if, if that's important enough that they have their whole team dressing a specific way, then you know, you should realize that that's, that's something that you do should you have be to make note of every
1: single interaction you have with that person. When I show yeah. up on a wedding day, I'm like, How are they dressed? When do they change? Mm -hmm. like exactly what do they change into like Mm -hmm. like how is like how are they walking do like do they speak loudly yeah all that stuff like if some planners talk loudly and they joke and they swear some planners are like mouses Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: like i've had a planner which i don't agree with like i've had plenty of interactions with planners where i'm like go pound sand like i'm not doing that (laughs) <laughs> like, 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 because I'm like, I, cause I'll tell Jared, uh, I'll be like, we're not, I don't care. I don't want to work with them. That was horrible. Like, but so I'm not saying never stand up for yourself, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a planner be like, don't speak to the client. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to speak to them. Yeah. That's part of like, yeah. I have to, I'm sorry. Like if they told me ahead of time I and I could make it like, okay, do I want this or not? Yeah. Okay. I probably would. But when you day of, I'm, I asked the couple, where's the dress? And she tells me to ask her and not the client. I'm like, "Lady, you're not in the room. I gotta shoot it now. Right. Like, get right. out of here with that. Like, <laughs> like that's just that you think that's luxury. That's not luxury. Like, right. <laughs> like that's silly. That's that, true. that being said, um, for the most part, like, I'm willing to bend over backwards for these mostly ladies. Of course, sometimes men, but mostly ladies. And and so I think one of the things as we close out is. after the wedding, we've talked a little bit about giving reels and things like that. What are some other things you think that you do out either, I guess it could be before, but outside of the context of an individual wedding that you find help planners love you? You've talked about engage a lot. So I think going to events where they are is of course one, but what are some things that you have done that will help planners love you that maybe are outside of the context of an individual wedding?
0: Yeah, I mean, anything that you would do for a close friend or family member, you know, to show them that you care, if you did that with a planner, that's just going to help you out, you know. Mm. So even just sending them a text, you know, hey, I was thinking about you, or, or, hey, I, I saw you posted this on, you know, social media. Are you doing okay? Or, you know, we've had natural disasters recently, um, you know, reaching out to people that maybe are in those areas and checking on them like any again, anything that you would do, like we're We're people, you mm. know, planners are people, you know, like we we all have needs and wants and desires. And and, you know, f- for the most part, it's pretty consistent across the board. And so just showing that you care um, in general is going to be huge. Um, you know, if they need help with other things, like we've had planners reach out to us. um you know, we had a planner reach out because a videographer sent them a video and they were having trouble downloading the video to post on social media. And that videographer wasn't available. They had some other stuff going on, um, which was understandable. And so we actually helped. uh, We helped this planner, like, download and and promote this other videographer's work. And, you know, I could have, again, had an ego about it. I could have said, I'm you know, or even like backhandedly or secretly, like trying. Wouldn't have happened (laughs) if you hired me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Didn't, didn't say that. We just said, Hey, no worries. Hey, yeah, this is what you need to do. Here's, you know, and and we, you know, walked her through it and she was super grateful, you know, and you know, it helps that videographer, you know, because they're obviously we're, we're too busy to take care of it. And then, um, you know, the planner is going to think of us and remember us for that again, you know, so it just, yeah, just being just caring. You yep. know, caring and, and treating people right, you know, um, and that that helps a lot. You know, I've said this before again in, in workshops and stuff, but sometimes you'll reach out to uh, a planner or a photographer or whatever and check up on them and they, you know, they, they remember you now. Like you remind them, oh, I have this gig that, you know, you'd be perfect for. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you reached out, you know. Um, so it's... it's it, it comes around, you know. But but even asking for help too is good, you know. Like we ask our friends for help, right? Yep. So, in in business, in the business world, and you talked a little bit about this earlier, but just even asking for help, you know, people love helping people, and you know, when you ask a planner for business advice, or you know, hey, what would you do in this situation, or or even personal things going on. Um, they would, they love to give their opinion. They love to give their advice and it's going to make them feel closer to you. They might even start checking up on you. Hey, what happened with that you know yep. situation? You know? So again, I guess the, just to kind of put it, put it all under one umbrella, just treating people the way you would treat, you know, a close friend or family member. And, um, and, it, and you can't you know, feel, think, t- it can't, can't feel wrong. overly
1: tactical. I, I would tell people that it's no. like, like has to be authentic. It has to be authentic. You know, like, Happy Mother's Day. Like, hey, I notice you're killing it this year. You're working hard. You're a mom. I really appreciate that. Like, like noticing when they get published, when they have yeah. big wins. Um, yeah. That was, you know, commenting on their posts, of course, but in a personal way, noticing. Like, and, and, and you have to know the difference, too. Like, social media is not real life. Using your right. business account to like their post is not the same as texting mm-hmm. them. Great job. Nope. I'm, I yep. love the work you did, and I'm noticing your work. Oh, your work this year! It's so bright and vibrant, so many colors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. know, giving people yeah, we'll, in real, interested feedback about their life mm-hmm. and letting them know, and a non, there are no strings attached to it. Yeah, you're just letting them know. Hey, I, I watch your stuff, and it influences me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to. Yeah, if you, if they feel like there are strings attached, then it's not authentic. They'll see right through that. But so a lot of times, all. I will comment, you know, on their Yeah, there's social nothing media wrong with commenting, by the way. This is awesome because that helps their algorithm, yeah. right? But if, um, if I really want, you know, to feel like I'm close to that person, I will also text them, mm-hmm. you know, like because that goes so much further. Um, you know, anybody can just, as they're scrolling through Instagram, you know, double tap on a thing or go, you know, fire emoji or whatever. But it takes an extra level of effort to you know, go into your messages app, type in their number or their name or whatever, and send them a personal text with, and, and you can be more personal, you know, because the whole world's not watching, you know, what you're saying to each mm-hmm. other. Um, so I, th- I think that's huge.
1: I, I think another thing that is a little tactical that you can do that helps them and it helps you and it has no direct specific wedding attached to it, but is make it, we mentioned it earlier, make it easier to sell you by giving them resources, give mm-hmm. them your packages early, Give them everything that you would give a client as early so they can consider it and think about you. I will call them and say, hey, listen, we're making a consideration on this package. Would this be good for your clients? Would your clients like this or like this in their package? What mm-hmm. is beneficial to them and you? You know, um, We have a program called Concierge where we have custom workflows for every different planner it's because certain mm-hmm. planners like certain things, so we make notes on them. Anyone we shoot more than three weddings for every year, we make a custom reel of all their entire footage for the whole year and we give it to them That's in awesome. the off season because we're, we're a little too busy, but we make like a cool marketing reel for them. I give them little clips for their website. I do web design, so I'm able to sit, I sit down with them and say, Hey, I want to like, I've been looking at your website. I, I think I have some clips you can use as your back, moving backgrounds. Do you want those? Like, I am constantly spying on these people trying to understand Mm -hmm. what their needs are and what their goals are and like not everyone bites not everyone's into it like some people i'm like that's weird i sent you a reel you never posted it oh well you can't get offended about that stuff
0: no nope yeah you gotta let that stuff go you just gotta
1: like of course people who are like receiving it and actually using it like put more into that but but definitely you can't get offended you can't like like think about the things that will help them run their own businesses and market their businesses. Mm-hmm. And also think yep. about when their content is dry. Like in New England, we don't have content from like December to April. Like so it's a all big these stretch. These planners are looking for things to post. So if I can be like in the middle of the wintertime, give them a couple little bursts, like like For a lot of you guys, you're not doing 10 weddings a year like Larev, 15 weddings. You're not working with luxury planners. You're not working in NDAs and all those things. Um, Most of you are just working with your local people. And I will tell you, like your local market has its own rhythm. And so figure out what that rhythm is and try to give them content when they're going to be a little slow. That is going to make you indispensable. Because I promise you, unless all of you are listening to this podcast and doing exactly what we say... But in general, most likely the other people in your market aren't doing that and you will stand out and they will love Absolutely. you, which is the point.
0: Um, they will love you.
1: And you'll make their friends, and you'll make friends. And I will tell you this, I guess the final benefit of making a planner love you is that a lot of these people will become your friends and people mm-hmm. that you really love and care about. And at the end of the day, you get to work with people you love and care about more often. And that's a lot of fun, right?
0: It's the best
1: yes so lindsay we're gonna talk about photographers next because i think working with photographers is a little different there's a lot of differences because you're both holding cameras you're both posing the Mm -hmm. same people and usually in the same time and our timelines are a lot more aligned and we need to we need to sync up a little more than maybe the planners and so we're gonna talk about how do we make photographers love us um but as a final thing guys thank you so much for checking out the wedding film school show Um, We try to release every two weeks. We're going to be doing this one next week, though, because we want to make sure we're releasing this stuff um, with Lindsay in a timely fashion. Um, But normally it's every two weeks. We thank you so much for all of you guys who listen, who download thousands of you guys. It's just an awesome benefit for us. We're super grateful to provide this resource. Lindsay, um, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. This was a lot um, of fun.
1: Yeah, man. I I love talking to you. And so hopefully um, you guys enjoyed it too. And you're going to listen to part two. We're going to talk about how to make photographers love you. Um, By the way, check us out on YouTube too. We have our normal channel, Wedding Film School, as well as the Wedding Film School Show YouTube channel, which is just kind of new. We're just getting started. So we love and we covet your subscription and your likes on those videos as well. So have a great day, guys. Bye.